What is going on, everybody? This is Gino Spirito back with episode 38 of the Gino Spirito podcast. I hope you all are having a great Sunday, June 6th. Um, I hope you guys all had a great week, um, you know, weekends in preparation for uh, whatever you may have um, this coming uh, week. Um, me personally, been loving being on summer break. It's been nice. It's been uh, definitely the uh, change of pace that I needed. Um, but I know a, a lot of you are, um, you know, still on your grind, still working, still uh, doing whatever it may be. So I hope uh, everybody uh, has been able to stick to it. Everybody has been uh, living a, a good and blessed life, um, their best life. And uh, yeah, without further ado, let's get into it. Um, let's talk about these NBA playoffs, man. Um, just how crazy it truly has been. But in my opinion, the biggest storyline has been how these young superstars to be superstars that they already are already making um, quite the splash uh, in this year's playoffs. Um, you know, you got uh, Ja Morant's, um, you know, beating the Warriors, uh, pushing the Grizzlies to the first rounds. Um, you know, you got Jason Tatum and, um, you know, him carrying the Celtics as as much as he possibly could and, and really putting them on his back, dropping 50 uh, and doing everything he can against the, the you know, superstar studded nets. Um, you know, you also have uh, Luka Doncic, who became the first player in NBA history with three triple doubles in his first career, seven career playoff games, uh, who has pushed the Clippers to a game seven. Um, but it's not looking too hot at the moment as they do currently trail 111 to 97 with six minutes left. So I, I don't think that they'll be able to um, escape the Clippers this year yet again. Um, but what a performance he's been putting on. Um, Devin Booker uh, leading, you know, the Phoenix Suns, um, you know, not only um, in his first playoffs, but... Um, you know, a lot of these other young guys that, uh, you know, basically follow him on that Suns team. You know, Chris Paul uh, being that veteran in Pat and, um, you know, voice in the locker room uh, definitely goes a long way. But when you have a guy like D-Book who's doing the things that he's doing, along with DeAndre Ayton, who became the youngest Suns player with a 20.10 rebound playoff game and all the impact that he's been able to have on these games, um on top of it definitely uh shows you why the suns were able to have the success they did not only in the regular season but also in the playoffs against the lakers uh you also have trey young of course uh the fourth player in nba history with 30 points and 10 assists in his playoff debut um and of course uh you know just how that entire series played out against the hawks and how he was able to um you know not I don't want to necessarily say carry, but really put Atlanta on the back of his back and um, just grind that series out against the uh, the um, you know four seeded Knits uh, and also uh, Dylan Brooks on the Memphis Grizzlies, thirty one points against the Jazz. Uh, you know him and John Morant, the duo, first pair of teammates since two thousand five to each score twenty five plus in their playoff debuts. Um, I know that. The series against the Jazz didn't go the way they wanted it to. Um, but both of those young players, man, 
definitely, um, you know, putting Memphis on their back, definitely uh, proving a lot of people wrong um, in terms of uh, how good their team is, in terms of, um, you know, the people that want would rather had seen Steph and um, the Warriors go into the first rounds, uh, kind of proving those guy, people wrong and, and showing that they belong, showing that, um, you know, they have the fight, they have uh, the talent to do um, a lot of things that, um, you know, a lot of people are, are doubting them to uh, be capable of doing. So it's been fun to watch them as well. And, I mean, I don't even have to mention this man uh, because he, he uh, he's proven himself time and time and time and time again. Uh, but Damian fucking Lillard, first player in NBA history with at least 50 points, 10 assists, and 10 three-pointers in a game. That, that includes the regular season and the postseason. He turned the ball over no times that game as well. He broke Clay Thompson's uh, three-point record for uh, the most threes in a playoff game in NBA history. Um, of course, Portland did fall short um, against the Nuggets. But, you know, cr- I mean, credit to, credit to Damian Lillard. Um, you know, this man, time and time again, answers the bell um, when... Uh, not when his team needs him most, and uh, you know, just when uh, we we th- we count the Blazers out, we we count um, all of those um, we we count those certain teams out, even though they have guys like Dame and uh, you know what I mean. Time and time again, he proves us wrong. I mean, thirty-four point three points per game in the playoffs. Uh, I mean, like I said, he had that fifty-one point game. He had a fifty-five point game. He had. The most three-point made in a series in NBA history. I mean, he really just gave it his all in the entire series. And, I mean, there's not really much more you could ask for um, from your superstar, from your franchise player, from, you know, just the face of uh, of, of your brand and your, and your organization. Um, you know, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with Damian Lillard this summer. Um, but, of course, you know, my Lakers unfortunately lost to the Suns in sits uh in the first round LeBron James the first time in his career that he lost in the first round of the playoffs uh the first time he lost consecutive first round games um and it was also the first time in his career that he uh trailed in the first round uh past game uh five but I mean um, you know, Phoenix, you cannot, I know, I know there's been a lot of storylines about LeBron and about the Lakers and about, um, you know, what went wrong in terms of that. Um, but you, you cannot, you cannot discredit the Suns. You cannot, uh, you know what I mean? Put it all on the Lakers losing, um, like, you know, uh, what am I trying to say? You cannot put it all on uh you know the lakers uh you know not having ad and of course the series would have played differently but you cannot discredit how good the suns truly are how uh good the suns played all series long took advantage of the injuries of the lakers took advantage of um you know just key stretches throughout different games um you know to really cement uh the series win i mean Game five alone, one fifteen to eighty five. I mean, it was just anybody who saw this game. It was just an absolute annihilation of the Lakers. And then, um, you know, for you to come back, uh, pull up to Staples in Game Six, know how loud it's going to be, know how rowdy it's going to be, hearing everybody talk about, um, you know, 
how uh, LeBron has never lost in a uh, you know in the first round and all the different storylines of how the Suns are young and how they don't have as much experience as the Lakers and for for you to turn around and beat the Lakers one thirteen to one hundred. And for your superstar, Devin Booker, to have 47 points and 11 rebounds, to never trail the entire game, to eliminate the defending champs, like I just said, and to also give LeBron his first round series loss. I mean, what a moment for the Suns. What a moment for the uh, city of Phoenix. I, I mean, it, it, was, uh, it was definitely a masterful performance by De- Devin Booker. And uh, I think we should be excited um, that we're able to watch the rest of his career play out because, I mean, he is just so young, already one of the best guards in the league by far, um, literally can get an open shot for himself at any time. Uh, I've never seen somebody um, just go into a I, – I, I've seen people do it, but the way Devin Booker – you know, all the different – what I'm trying to say is all the different storylines when it comes to, you know, young players – Playing a guy like LeBron, playing a guy, playing a team like the Lakers, uh, who have that experience, uh, you have a lot of things working against you, um, and for you to just come in and not give a single fuck about any of those storylines and have a stone-faced killer mentality when it comes to um, your preparation and it comes to how um, how you're going to um, you know come into game sits. It was it, you know as much as I hated watching it as a Laker fan. It was uh, it was really cool to see, um, and you know you cannot you, you you can't help but root for guys like that. You can't help but root for guys like Chris Paul. Uh, fuck Jay Crowder though. That that's a fact. But those other dudes are um, you know definitely players that you, you love to watch. You love to uh, see. They're always putting on a show. Um, you know never really fails to um, never never really fails uh, to amaze. You know when when the time is right. So. Um, you know, congratulations to the Suns. Like I said, unfortunately, the Lakers uh, did lose this series. Um, you know, it, it, it just came down to, um, I, I feel like multiple factors. Of course, the AD injury uh, sucked. It really did. Um, but on top of that, uh, you know, Dennis Schroeder, um, besides game sits, uh, KCP didn't really show up um substitutions and you know trying to get the right matchups on the floor um you know i i I understand the frustration towards frank vogel and the coaching staff but at the same time um i feel like uh for me personally i i think of how the lakers um have had really no time to find that chemistry um so yes you know you can be frustrated with frank vogel and what the fuck is the are these substitutions and you know what I mean what 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 really is this um but at the same time it's like what else is he what else is he going off of he's really I know I know like you know as a coach as an NBA coach uh you know what I mean you kind of just know these various things but um I, I feel as if he truly just didn't didn't really know the right lineup um because he wasn't really given uh enough evidence to uh persuade him in one way or the other you know when when your starters are out all year and you are coming off of a championship run so you do have some of that uh some of that chemistry still lingering but you have a lot of new pieces you know you got uh you got um uh 
uh, Taylor Horton Thunder Tucker playing a lot more minutes than he did last year. You have Andre Drummond, who's completely new. You have Dennis Shooter, who's completely new. You have, um, you know, Alex Russo playing a much bigger role than he did last year. You have Montrez Harrell, who's completely new. Wesley Matthews, who's completely new. Marcus Saul, who's completely new. Uh, Marcus Morris, who's still playing a little bit of a different role, not not really uh, playing too much, but waiting for his number to be called. Ben Mclemore, who we ju- who who was signed um, off of waivers. I mean, it's it's just a completely different team, you know. It, it, and I I don't really um, understand why people um, are forgetting the fact that we won the fucking championship last year. You know what I mean? Like, why are we? mad that ad got hurt and he couldn't play do we forget that there was only 72 days of an off season 72 days um for the lakers who had just spent 94 days in a bubble 94 days away from there i know i i know towards the end of the bubble they were able to have um, a certain amount of their families there um but you, you can't you're lying to yourself if if you really think that you know, that isolation, um, that uh, preparation, the mentality of, of being there and only having to focus on basketball for three months. You know, you're, you're, you're literally locked away from and isolated from literally the entire world. And all you are allowed to focus on is basketball. Um, that's draining, you know, and uh, coming off of, uh, like, ni- like I said, 95 days in an environment like that, um, you know, how how are you supposed to respond? You know, are you are you uh, supposed to win the championship next year? I, I mean, you know, you should be competing with with the Lakers lineup, but at the same time, it's understandable why uh, you know some, most of these injuries happen not only to the Lakers but to to a lot of other teams in the league, and uh, why some of these guys. I feel like we're just straight gassed at the end of the day. Um, it's it's no excuse, uh, but at the same time. You know, when you think about it uh, a few days after the loss and it's not so, uh, you know, prevalent and it, it, you're not really in the heat of the moment anymore and you're kind of just analyzing, uh, you know, everything that went into this season and the playoffs and where the team truly was at, uh, it just didn't line up this year for the Lakers and, and it sucks, but uh, that's just how the, the dice rolls sometimes. I, I truly think that um, all of the... Um, you know, time off, not only in the off season um, for this year, but on top of the fact that the playoffs are, you know, still going to go for another month, month and a half, uh, however long it may be, um, you know, getting that time plus the off season, hopefully, you know, longer than 72 days this time. Um, I, I think that'll, that'll be what exactly what the Lakers need to reset, um, you know, exactly what they need to kind of just regroup. I, I don't think, uh, I think it was KCP, uh, who said in his post-game interview uh, that there there wasn't a lot of time to really uh, separate both seasons for them. You know, it, it's like I said, you're coming out of the bubble, um, and you can't. It, you know, it, it it's like you you get home and you know it's like you just spent 95 days straight only thinking about basketball, only. Really, you know, your main priority being basketball. Of course, you know, you're calling your family, you're calling everybody, but it's like when you're in an environment like that, that is the main reason 
you're there and you're locked away and that's your just that's the grinds you know and when you get back home it's like you want to decompress you want to just relax you don't even want to like basketball should be the last thing you want to think about so you know being a shortened season i mean being the shortened off season you know you gotta you gotta uh you know go back and uh start getting shots up again start getting prepared for another season it, it's it's just a lot on on a team a lot on um you know uh individual players in their own capacity and the roles that the various roles that they played um i feel like you know you can't really um question why uh the the lakers and the heat were both just depleted this year you know the, the heat dealt with a uh i feel like they they dealt with a lot of shitty injuries too and um you know they uh, got swept by the butts uh, in large part because I feel like they were gassed too from last from last year's bubble. And, you know, the butts uh, social media team like trolling them saying this isn't the bubble. I, I just don't really feel like this is these are even comparable. You know, I, I just um, I just don't I just don't really think that you can compare uh, this season to last. Um, and, and it's just not really not really fair. Um, but that's just how it is. That's how the NBA was set up this year, and that's just how the players uh, really had to deal with. Um, but I think it'll it'll be good um, for the Lakers uh, moving forward to, you know, kind of just, you know, take a take a step back and and uh, reset. Um, you know, get some time away, and uh, really just move forward from from. Uh, all of the the craziness that the bubble brought, all of the craziness that this season brought, and all of the injuries and uh, you know everything that um, you know kind of f- fell to shit. Um, but I, I really hope that you know through the off season we'll be able to you know kind of figure out uh, you know which which of these players that uh, are new additions to the team are are, are going to be staying and really uh, um, addressing. Uh, you know, the various roles on this team. I feel like nobody really knew what their true, true role was because for, you know, 60, 70, 80% of the season, they were playing a different one because of the amount of injuries we had. And then when it comes to playoffs, it's like you have guys like Montrez Harrell, who's not even playing anymore. And, you know, he's a, he's the reigning sits man of the year. He's coming off of a season where he, he did play pretty solid for the Lakers all year long. And, you know, you got... Um, you know, just just a lot of questions to be addressed, a lot of questions uh, that need to be answered, really, uh, in order for this team to uh, properly move forward in a positive way. And I, I truly uh, believe that you know, you know, you give it, you're gonna give LeBron some time to rest. I, like I said, I know he's uh, in his, he's about to be in his 19th season. I know that it 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 doesn't really, it didn't really feel like we were watching the same LeBron. Uh, that we we are accustomed to uh, but at the same time even LeBron at 70 75 percent of what maybe he was in his prime uh, that that's better than a damn near 80 percent of the people in the league and then you put Anthony Davis a, a healthy uh, ready to go Anthony Davis uh, not worried about you know his leg not worried about his groin his knee his calf whatever it may be on that left side um, yeah Andre Drummond um, hopefully returning to the Lakers, hopefully a guy that, uh, understands his role f- completely by the, by the start of next season. Uh, we'll see what the fuck happens with Dennis Schroeder. Um, I mean, I like the guy. I really think he's a good player, but 
I think he just really fumbled the bad when it came to the contract extension, when it came to not really showing up in the playoffs and just completely getting clowned by, you know, how the Lakers and uh, how their fan, how, how our fans really are. And, um, you know, when you're in the bright lights of LA, it's the, you know, arguably the first um, and biggest uh, media uh, outlet platform in the world uh, compared to New York. Um, but uh, that's that's just what's going to happen when you score fucking zero points and you're the starting point guard of the Los Angeles Lakers in a playoff game. So we'll see what happens with Dennis. We'll see what happens with uh, some of these other key guys. Um, you know, Kyle Kuzma, I know he signed a three-year extension, but where the fuck were you in the playoffs too? So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But like I said, Phoenix advances. They will be playing the Sun. I mean, they will be playing. Yeah, Phoenix will be playing the Suns. The Suns will be playing the Denver Nuggets, um, who... Um, at the moment, according to uh, ESPN's basketball power index, um, Phoenix has a 56.2% chance of winning this series. Of course, game one is tomorrow. Very excited for this one. I feel like it'd be a good matchup. Um, you know, we, we have uh, we have a lot of young talent that will be in this one um, with a mixture of some of those veteran presence um, throughout uh, the locker rooms that's that's on these on these uh, younger teams. Uh, and, and reasons why they are the seeds that they are, um, you know, number two, number three, respectively. Uh, so I'm very excited uh, for this matchup. I, I think it'll be a good one. Um, I, I truly think that Phoenix will come out on top. Um, but, uh, you know, that's why you got to play a best of seven, see who, see who does. But moving on, um, of course... The uh, Sitzers were able to knock out the Wizards in the first round. Uh, they were able to advance on a 4-1 series win. Uh, this was a series that saw Tobias Harris actually averaging the most points on the Sitzers as he averaged 25, uh, 10, point, 10 rebounds and 3 assists. Yeah, Joel Embiid averaging 24, uh, 6 reba 6.8 rebounds, 2.5 assists. Um, and then Ben Simmons, 14.8 uh, points a game, 10.2 rebounds and 9.2 assists. Damn near a triple double. Um, so uh, we'll we'll uh, see how this matchup turns out. Um, we'll see. I mean, not this matchup. We'll see how the Sixers truly play. Um, you know, when it comes to uh, the Hawks. Uh, if you were not watching um, the game today, I'll, I'll get further into that uh, after after going through. Um, you know, Russell Westbrook in the Wizards uh, season, but um, definitely looking forward to the Sixers and Hot series. But like I said, uh, the Wizards, on the other hand, Bradley Beal, 30 points uh, per game, six rebounds, four assists. Russell Westbrook, 19 points a game, 10 rebounds, 11 assists, able to average that triple-double. But the Sixers were just uh, too much, um, you know, to handle, really, for... Um, this Wizards team who has, uh, you know, kind of, have kind of just been struggling all year, kind of uh, not really, um, you know, understanding uh, the roles on their team, uh, kind of just that team that was just like lackluster, showed a lot of promise, but at the same time, uh, never re really able to uh, uh, get it done outside of uh, Russell Westbrook and the amazing season that he had. I mean, he finally has the most triple-doubles in NBA history. He's one of four players in NBA history with 20,000 points and 8,000 assists. Um, it's his fourth season now averaging a triple-double. 
Um, and of course, like I said, he helped lead the Wizards to the playoffs after having been 15 games, 15 games under 500 at one point, and they still made the playoffs. So, um, you know, would you consider it a flop in terms of, yeah, you didn't win a championship, you know, because that's the ultimate, of course, but when it comes to putting those other things into perspective, um, you know, Russell Westbrook, what a, what a year, what a, you know, what what a player, man. What a underappreciated player, um, like I said. And uh, for that, um, plus uh, Bradley Beal and, I mean, damn near winning the scoring title uh, when it comes to uh, him and uh, Steph and the race that uh, they had towards the end of the year. Uh, so plenty of things to uh, be excited about um, when it comes to uh, Wizards basketball if if they do keep this uh, you know two guarded uh, two guard monster in Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook and and try to build off of them because I mean that's a great starting point for any fucking team are you kidding me Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal uh, we'll see if they continue we'll see if uh, they try to get a lot of core pieces out from them and uh, you know, just completely rebuild. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, but like I said, the Sixers were able to advance, and they would face the winner of the Hots and Knits series. And uh, I mean, Trey Young and the Hots uh, easily handled the Knits, in my opinion. We're able to win this series four to one. Trey Young, twenty nine points a game in this one, nine point eight assists, two rebound, two point eight rebounds. Uh, Bogdanovich, 14.4 points a game, 3.8 assists, 6.6 rebounds. Um, you know, just, just like pure dominance by this, uh, this hot starting five. I mean, all five of them averaging 10 plus a game, uh, in this series. Um, and, and really just, just shutting this Knits crowd, shutting this Knits team down, you know, shutting, uh, putting a, a lot of uh, daggers into uh, the momentum that they had going into the playoffs, the swagger that they had going into the playoffs, um, you know. But the uh, Knits, uh, on the other hand, their uh, leading scorer for the series was Derrick Rose, 19.4 points a game, 5 assists, 4 rebounds, Julius Randle, um, you know, 18 points per game in this series, 11 points, six rebounds, four assists, and then R.J. Barrett, 14.4 points, three assists, and seven rebounds, but just not enough, like I said. Um, but still a remarkable run, a remarkable year for the Knits. I mean, Julius Randle, the first Knit to win the Most Improved Player Award. I mean, he led his team in points per game, rebounds per game, and assists per game uh, during the regular season. Um, he set his season career highs in points per game, where it's 24.1. Rebounds per game, 10.2. Assists per game at sits and three-point percentage, which was 41.1%. Such that that three-point percentage really wasn't shown in the hot series and probably uh, would have made a little bit of a difference. But at the same time, I feel like the Knits are going to be able to really analyze the tape of this one and uh, really look back on this on this year as that building block, as that, you know, that turning the corner moment for the franchise. Um and, uh, you know, we'll see if they're able to to rebound and truly build off of it. Because, I, I mean, I, I don't think there's anything that Knits fans should be uh, disappointed about when it comes to this season. Um, of course, it's it's always unfortunate when you lose in the first round of a playoffs, especially when you're the higher seed. But it was a 4-5 matchup. And the Hawks are very, very talented. I mean, you, you see... 
today, how they were able to take game one from the Sitzers, um, you know, while all of the Sitzers were able to play. You know, Joel Embiid was on the court, Ben Simmons was on the court, everybody was playing, and they were still able to take game one. So, uh, you know, nothing to be upset about when it comes to a Nits, but uh, definitely um, unfortunate that their run had to come to an end. But like I said, Sitzers and Hawks in the Eastern semis, game one was today, and Wow, wow, wow. Trey Young put on another clinic. I mean, first player in the Hots franchise history to have 35 plus and 10 in a playoff game. Um, as they were able to hold on and beat the Sixers 128 to 124. Uh, you know, towards the end there, the Sixers started running a full court press and the Hots uh, for some reason, didn't really look like they didn't know what the fuck to do with the Voltwork press, but uh, definitely, um, you know, clutch free, free throw shooting by the Hawks, 17 for 18 from the free throw line for the game, uh, as the Sitzers, uh, Ben Simmons alone, two for eight from the free throw line, so um, definitely the difference in this one as they were able to hold on 128 to 124, snag a victory in Philadelphia, and advance, uh, and advance to game two with a 1-0 series lead. Um in in this one, uh, Trey Young had uh, 35. Like I said, 10 assists. Um, James Collins 21 points, four rebounds, two assists. Um, Bogdanovich 21 points. Uh, but what what a what a performance by the Hawks. I'm I'm very excited um, for this series. I feel like a lot of people going into it truly thought the Sixers were to completely dominate the Hawks, but. Trey Young and this team is just continuing uh, to shut everybody up and, and just play the game. You know, there's a seven-game series for a reason. You know, might as well keep playing, not worry about whatever anybody else may say. Um, but on the other side of the ball, Joel Embiid completely dominated in a losing fashion, um, sadly, but still did. 39 points, 9 rebounds, 4 assists. Uh, Seth Curry, 21 points, 4 rebounds, 3 assists. They're happy to have him back. Um, and Tobias Harris, 20 points, 10 rebounds. He's continuing to play great in these playoffs, but we'll see um, what happens uh, for the rest of the uh, series in this one, and we'll see if the uh, Hawks are able to pull off the miraculous upset or if the Sixers are able to rebound in Game 2 and and uh, go into Atlanta's uh, Game 3 and go into the games at Atlanta um, you know, with the series evened at one, one apiece. Uh, but for the other conference semis, um, in the Eastern Conference, of course, we have the Nets and the Butts. Um, game one was yesterday. Um, and going into this game, we have uh, KD, Kyrie, and James Harden all averaging above 20 points um, a games in these playoffs. And on the other side of the ball, you have the Butts starting five all averaging at least 13 points a game. Um, so, you know, going into this one, you knew it was going to be interesting. Unfortunately, James Harden went down in the first quarter, uh, and that forced the Nets to rely on, you know, uh, I mean, their starting cast is better than, uh, just about any starting cast in, uh, the NBA. So, um, you know, without James Harden, they still have arguably the best team in the NBA, um, but, you know, still a huge piece to be missing as James Harden is James Harden. And, um, you know, they were able to uh, pull out of uh, the uh, game one with a victory, 115 to 107. Um, KD and Kyrie Irving, uh, 29 points, 25 points. 
Um, and Blake Griffin, man, 18 points, 14 rebounds, three assists. What a performance by him stepping up into a bigger role without James Harden on the floor. Uh, Joe Harris, the, I mean, arguably the best shooter in the league, 19 points, two rebounds, two assists, five for nine from three. Um, and, uh, yeah, they were able to, um, escape game one with a victory. Uh, you know, escape Giannis's 34.11 rebound performance. Brooke Lopez with 19. Drew Holiday with 17. Um, we'll see if, we'll see if the Butts are able to, um, you know, come into game two with a little bit more fire, uh, a little bit more, um, you know, under a little bit more of an understanding of what the Nets are trying to do offensively. <clears throat> and take advantage of uh, their defense and the, the way it lats uh, basically everything. So, um, but like I said, James Harden did go down early in game one, but that did not stop the Nets, um, you know, from step, the other Nets stepping up as, um, you know, the non bid three of James Harden, KD, and uh, Kyrie Irving did score 61 points in game one after they only averaged 38.2 points in the first round. So, I mean, you know, a lot of people stepped up for the Nets in game one. Uh, and this this uh, non-bid three also made 11 three-pointers after they only averaged five in the first round. So, you know, basically doubling those points and three-pointers. Uh, but game two tomorrow... Uh, base, it'll be a good series. I think Giannis and the Butts will definitely be prepared um, for anything. And, and the Nets, I mean, the star power, the experience, everything uh, going in their favor. So we'll see uh, how well that uh, they can they can play and maybe push the series to a 2-0 lead. Um, the only, the only um, series that still has yet uh, to be uh decided when it comes to the quarterfinal matchups is this clippers mav series um this you know i feel like this could low-key be considered a rivalry uh as it comes to it after this year i mean this is bat to bat seasons they're facing each other um but Kawhi was able to keep the clippers alive force a game seven with a 45 point performance in game six um and late it's li it's going live as I'm talking right now. Let's I'm I'm pretty sure that the game ended. Yeah, the Clippers were able to take this one, so the Clippers will be advancing. They did win 126 to 111. Um, I believe who will they be playing? They are the four seed, so whoever the, they'll be. I'm pretty sure they will be playing the Jazz in the semifinals. So, um, but Luca on offense this series. I mean, with Luca on the court and off the court, um. I mean, the point differential is 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 truly remarkable. I mean, plus 24, minus 38 without him. Um, field goal percentage, 48% compared to 33%. Three-point percentage, 44% compared to 36%. I mean, truly, truly uh, remarkable what Luka is continuing to do for this Mavs team uh, that, um, you know, just seems to be there but not there. Um, but... Kawhi and the Clippers able to get it done, able to avoid that first round upset. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll we'll see how that uh, Jazz and uh, Clippers matchup plays out. I, I mean, Clippers have plenty of the talent uh, to make to make a, a real run at the NBA Finals. Um, but we'll see if it all plays out in their favor. 
Um, it's crazy that there there will be no Steph, no LeBron in the NBA Finals. First time since 2010 that this will be happening. Uh, first time since 1998 that the Lakers, Warriors, Spurs, or Heat won't be in the Finals. So uh, it's an, it's definitely a year of um, teams that you know these these young uh, these young gun teams these these teams that have, are are coming on the rise uh, with their superstars that have have um, you know developed before our eyes in the in the past few years um, and I'm excited for it I'm really excited to see which team is able to prevail it will it be the you know the superstar studded Nets or will it be another team like the Jazz who have had plenty of talent throughout the years and finally able to get it done. Um, but I, I'm sure that the, the NBA playoffs will, will continue to play out um, in dramatic fashion as it always does and uh, be able to give us plenty of uh, great content and, and games uh, at our disposal as it always does. So uh, moving on into some baseball, of course, the Padres did get swept in Chicago uh, by the Cubs, um, ended their road trip of 10 straight, uh, four and six. Uh, back in San Diego, this uh, this uh, you know next seven days uh, to face the Mets and the Cubs before going on the road to New York to face the Mets again. Uh, they were able to take the first two against the Mets, um, three to four on uh, Thursday night behind you Darvish. You um, Darvish's uh, outing and also Fernando Tatis's homer that uh, honestly should have been caught in center field, but uh, somehow went over the fence. Um, but like I said, you Darvish in uh, this one continue to be dominant. 5.1 innings, four hits, two runs, two earns, uh, just one walk, five strikeouts in this one. Um, as the Padres were able to win four to three, and then on Friday night we saw Blake Snell have the best out, like by far the best outing in a Padres uniform. Um, seven innings, one hit. This man had a no hitter going into the seventh inning. Unfortunately. Uh, a it should have been a single uh, by uh, Francisco Lindor, but Tommy Pham was not able to field it correctly in left field, turned into a triple, and Blake Snell, that was, that was with zero out. So going into the seventh, no hitter. First batter up, hits a triple, and Blake Snell still able to get out of that jam without giving up any runs. Um, and he did strike out 10 in this one as, like I said, completely dominating performance. Padres able to take game two of the series 2-0 behind Manny Machado's home run in the first. Um, and uh, Mark uh, Melanson's, what, which number was this? I think this was his 17th save of the season. or No, his 18th straight of the season. And this also pushed... Not 18th straight, his 18th total save of the season. And the Padres were able to um, set their franchise record for 12 straight home wins. Uh, but unfortunately, yesterday, uh, we ran into um, the arguably the best pitcher in baseball. Uh, the best pitcher that we'll probably see in our lifetime. Uh, Jacob DeGrom, as uh, the Padres did have their chance in the fourth uh, bases loaded, one out against Jacob Degrom, um, and the score was still zero zero at the time. Um, and unfortunately, it did not go the Padres' way. Jacob Degrom struck out both batters uh, to get out of the inning. It sucked, man, because it was a Chet swing on the second batter with two outs. 
full count too. So um, a Chet Swain slider that was in the dirt and it was a strikeout. And then of course the Mets come back to the top of the fifth right after that little rally the Padres had. Scored two, scored one in the sixth, and then scored again in the ninth. So uh, the Mets were able to take uh, the game three, four to nothing uh, behind the drum. Seven dominant innings. Uh, 11 strikeouts in this one, uh, only three hits, only one walk, and he was able to lower his ERA to a point sits to. I mean, just fucking video game numbers, ridiculous numbers from Jacob DeGrom. Um, but currently, game four is being played out as I'm talking um, as well. The Padres are uh, currently... Uh, trailing four to one in the bottom of the seventh. Uh, the Dodgers lost today. The Giants. Let's let's check on the Giants. Uh, see how they're doing against the Cubs in San Francisco. Um, they're the Giants three straight against the Cubs, completely dominating them offensively. Not even relying on their defense. Um, let's see how they're doing right now. The Cubs are actually currently leading four to three on the Giants in the bottom of the seventh inning. The Giants do have runners on second and first though, with only one out. So we'll see how that one plays out. Uh, the Cubs will be extremely clutch if they at least can get one against the Giants, but it won't really matter if the Padres aren't able to close this game out either. Um, but like I said, the Padres, uh, tomorrow, uh, will start a three game series, um, against the Cubs, and then they will finally have a day off on June 10th after 20 straight games, uh, and then that will be more of a travel day as they will then head to um, the Mets to face uh, them again in New York, and then I'm pretty sure after they face the Mets, it will be, let me let me check, yeah, it'll be uh, going to Colorado to then face the Rockies um, and then coming back home on the 17th uh, to face the Reds. The first day Petro will be um, full capacity. First day Petro will be back to rocking the way it should be. So very excited for what's to come. Um, I hope you guys all enjoyed this episode of the Geno Spirito Podcast. It has been great as always. I hope you all have a great rest of your Sunday. Uh, we'll see how the Floyd Mayweather Logan Paul fight turns out. If you have any money on that, I I hope you uh, cash out big. Um, but for, further than that, got nothing else to say. Hope you all have a great one. Thank you for listening. I'll see you soon.